Greetings, Blenders, and welcome, welcome to episode number 54 of Real Blend, the official podcast of the Fire Festival. Aww. My name is Sean O'Connell, the managing director Aww. here at Cinema Blend. Uh, by day, by night, I am Batman and also the co-host <laughs> of this incredible podcast. So joining me, as always, is a man who is now one degree of separation from Bruce the Shark. Ah. <laughs> That's Jake me. Hamilton That's me. of Fox 32 in Chicago. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I am thawing out here in Chicago. If you haven't been watching the news, we've been having historic colds. I hear it's toasty today, though. It is. It's a balmy 12. <laughs> we also have to say hello to the man whose video of Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper deserves its own Oscar. Kevin McCarthy of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. I made this joke that that video is better than five of the eight Best Picture nominees, and I stand by it. I cry every time I watch it. It's uh, that was a pretty wild experience. I mean, I have an entire story I can tell about how that all happened. Oh, but, and you um, will. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, because we haven't really cool. spoken. Um, yeah, you it's... know, like since since you recorded that, I think we, you know we've all had pretty crazy weeks. I mean, we we normally are constantly talking to each other in the text thread, but it's actually I feel like been a fairly quiet week uh, between the four of us, just because everyone's just kind of had just wild and crazy stuff going on. Which yeah, there's a lot. Well, there's a lot going on where you live too, and obviously with the cold and then the uh, the the story, and then there's so much happening. So yeah, I, yeah I, I'll I'll get into um, that. I, it's pretty cool. I'll, I'll give you guys the rundown. I'm like, because he was right behind me the entire time, which was cool. So, so I watched another camera angle video, and we'll get to the Gaga story, I promise. But like, I watched a video from her perspective when she was calling him up on stage, and all I could do was look for you and Lauren. I was trying to see where you guys were positioned. <laughs> I'm there. I'm wearing the Jackson Maine tan jacket, <laughs> and, so and oh, I'll get into the whole thing. I was like showing off my shirt to him, and like it was, uh, it was cool. But for people who aren't, aren't aware of what we're talking about, uh, Lady Gaga called Bradley Cooper on stage to sing "Shallow" in Las Vegas for one of her shows. It was a big surprise for people who weren't sitting in that area. No one even knew he was there. Um, but we'll get into the whole thing later. Yes. Well, no reviews this week. So I just want to uh, remind people that we really appreciate your feedback and support. So if you want to head over to iTunes, leave us a new review. We will read it on the show here. You can give us a star rating. I think we did pick up another star rating. We're at 78. Um, but reviews always help us grow the show and promote it. And while you're out there spreading the word, um, let other people who you think might like the show know about us because we always like to pick up new followers. Everybody's really active over on social media, uh, on Twitter at Real Blend. And there's been some talk about setting up a um, a page on Facebook for people to be able to connect also because <laughs> we find out that like some of our listeners um, will text each other and start watching movies t- together like at the same time and live comment on them. And so, uh, yeah, it's become it's become a fun community that everybody... I don't know, like I stumble across conversations that our listeners are having amongst themselves. And then I find myself almost getting a little bit jealous. Like, I want to be a part of this conversation. Like, <laughs> you guys met through our show. I want to be a part right. of the conversation. Tag me every once in a while. Why haven't we actually started selling actual blenders? Nah. That's a good idea. It's not a bad idea. Like, with, with Real Blend logo on them. Like, why are, like everyone uses them for, like, protein shakes and, like, their juices in the morning or whatever. Margaritas. For margaritas. Yeah. We, 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 we need to be branding... Actual blenders. Gabe, get on that, please. Yeah. Yes, please get to that. Uh, let's start with news. And I, my intro today, if it wasn't about the Fire Festival, I can't stop talking about the Fire Festival, um, would have been uh, something regarding the Hobbs and Shaw trailer. 
uh, oh, and how man. its pure sexiness just might have impregnated me <laughs> with anticipation because There's that an thing image. is incredible. That trailer's fantastic. Um, this is the spinoff to the Fast and Furious franchise. Allegedly, uh, The Rock and Vin Diesel don't get along necessarily, <laughs> and uh, Vin wanted to go in a different direction. He'll, he'll be in Fast 9, but they also loved the chemistry between The Rock and Jason Statham, and so this is a spinoff now. And I wasn't, I'll admit, I wasn't quite sure how that was going to play. A spinoff of a franchise, like two guys who are introduced as villains in the main bit, but the tone of that trailer is everything that I kind of want that franchise to be. So, yeah. what do you guys think? I have sort of been very critical of just how ridiculous and silly the Fast and Furious franchise has become. But I think because they're starting out this side franchise and just leaning into it and acknowledging we're going we're gonna to start from a ridiculous angle. I mean, even <laughs> using the song, Why Can't We Be Friends, in the trailer, just sort of says, look, we're not taking ourselves seriously. We're going to have a good time, and we want you to have a good time. I sort of just put my hands up in the air and went, I'm buying it. I'm sold. It looks it looks fun. I am more excited about this than I have been about a Fast and the Furious movie in a while. I'm a, I'm a huge Fast and Furious fan, so I mean, I saw the first one, I think, nine times in theaters. I think I have all the tickets for it, but I... I I was, I've been obsessed with this franchise. I think Fast Five was when it really kind of kicked into gear, I guess, no pun intended. But, like, the uh, – that actually wasn't inten- – it was not intentional. Uh, I didn't know what, how else to say that. Um, but Five was amazing because of The Rock, right? Six was cool. Seven was – I think Seven's the best of the five, franchise. Five, six, and seven are fantastic. And eight, eight was Eight awesome. was a disappointment. Oh, I thought eight oh, was a I bit of a disappointment. loved – I loved eight. See, like, to me, like, if eight could be summed up in the idea that The Rock – uh, literally m- moves a missile with his bare hands that causes an explosion while <laughs> hanging outside of a car. I yes. mean, like that—that that was amazing to me. And then uh, the Hobbs and, and Shaw trailer. with the baby was really funny too. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's fun. It's funny you bring that up. It's funny you bring that up because I—that's what I want to talk about. Because um, with Statham specifically, one of the things I've been seeing online is we're supposed to be kind of like liking this guy now, right. right? The character, and even though he killed Han, which is like uh, a big, big time. I think he killed him in six. Um, and you know, that's a character that really hasn't had justice yet. So I don't know what that's going to play into how we feel about Shaw, right? Because it seems like there's a buddy, buddy thing happening here. Right. And then, um, I mean, I already knew like long ago when Le- when David Leach signed on, I was like, this is going to be amazing. Cause the guy's like one of the greatest filmmakers working today. And, uh, the action in that trailer is super clean, looks amazing visually. Uh, and also, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I I love watching Idris run down the side of a building as The Rock jumps out and tackles <laughs> one of his henchmen, and then literally swings back up with a machine gun and gives um, Statham uh, a cursing explanation into the window. It's a really cool moment. I mean, it's, isn't it's that kind of crazy that they can get away with? Like, yes, he doesn't say it, but he says it. I was wondering that too. That was that's what I was thinking. Is that you can clearly see what he's saying, but yeah. what are, what are the rules on that? I guess if you this, can't hear it. You can put it in there. There was another movie that did that. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I'm, I'm blanking now. But they got away with more F-bombs because they were mouthed. Oh, oh okay. it was The Martian. It was The Martian. Okay. I think in The Martian, he says things that you can't hear. And that's why they got more F-bombs in the film. Because I think, theoretically, you only get one, maybe two, depending on the usage. You can't use it in a sexual manner. And you can't put the word mother before it. Or you automatically get the R rating, which is right. why... The gunshot 
masks the mother in the live for your die hard, the yippee line. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because you can't put the word mother there, which is really weird. Um, but yeah, so I, I would imagine that because he's mouthing it and he can't, he's not, you're not hearing it, it's fine. By the way, Alita has an F-bomb in it, which I was pretty disappointed in. Because um, it was totally unnecessary. And I think that it's a movie that kids could go to, younger kids could go to, because it's kind of borderline. No, it's and violent, was- man. That's a violent, violent. I was even talking to Rodriguez about it, it. in in the in the in the in the thing I was doing the performance capture. I said to him, I was like, "How did you?" I was like, "This movie is super violent. Like, how did you get away with it?" And he goes, "Because we just took out the blood. I mean, there's yeah. like decapitations. There's people's faces being smashed. It's but violent. They're all man. like robots, though. They're cybernetic. Right. That's why people. it works. Yeah, because they're not people. Right. So that that that's why they get away with all that. But I don't know. I found that movie to be pretty violent." It is. I mean, the language wasn't really the problem I had with it in regards to kids seeing it. Right, But, right. I mean, it's yeah. PG... It's, no, let me let me be clear here. This is not an R-rated movie. This is not, like, you know, violent R rating, but it's definitely... The, the 13 rating, I think, applies probably more to the violence than anything else. Yeah. Well, we will get to Alita as we get closer to release date. I don't think we're... The embargo is lifted, but we don't want to start talking about it just yet. It's a little bit too early. Um, although I think it might have a Super Bowl trailer. Let's transition to Super Bowl trailers. The news, so we're recording this um, right before the Super Bowl. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the Super Bowl used to be a time when studios would uh, unveil first look footage. Uh, leading into Sunday, the only movie that I knew for sure that was going to have a trailer was Hobbs and Shaw. And then they go ahead and drop it on Friday. So... I don't know any ones that are confirmed for Sunday. Do you guys have any idea? I know a lot of hopes. I mean, uh, I I think a lot of people are hoping for an endgame look. Right. Some new footage. Um, Star Wars definitely won't happen. Star Wars won't. Yeah. Because the only reason that we got it last year is because Solo came out in May. Right. And they have Celebration coming up in April. So there's no need to really. Like, they'll be the story whenever they release their trailer. So it, it doesn't necessarily matter. I just feel like an Endgame trailer is just there's no just take that money and give it to charity for the for the spot. I mean, like, there's no there's no you don't need to spend three million dollars on a trailer that but they everybody's did already se- for they did for Infinity War, didn't they? They I did. Don't remember yeah. Infinity but, War? But I mean, had the Super Bowl trail. Infinity War, I understand, but Endgame does not need a trailer. I mean, it doesn't. You know, they don't even need to do press for that movie. They could that movie is going to be just. Right. It, it's our it, it, the audience is so built in for that thing. It's not. It's not even. I, I take I take back the press thing. The press thing always helps out. But like with he with says because your, he wants the junket. <laughs> no, no. I actually I actually do find that interviews help bring more, even more awareness. But well, spending four million dollars on, on a Super Bowl trailer, I don't think that's worth. But when it. they do an Endgame junket, and believe me, Disney, I want to be invited to the Endgame junket also. Um, they won't be able to talk about it. They're not going to show. We're in the situation now with the Marvel movies, especially the Avengers ones and these Star Wars ones recently. They don't show footage. They don't show they don't show the full movie and the cast often can't talk about it. So that makes it complicated. Also, Do, well, doing press and doing interviews like the tonight, like the, the late night shows, press junkets. Those things, I think, are important. I just don't think you need to spend four million dollars. What what is what is the price this year? Thirty seconds I, is thirty. I think that's four million dollars. Three and a half yeah, or something I mean, like that. Also, you're almost being guaranteed that you're putting your product in front of the eyeballs of 130 million people. So, but how many people? How many people watch the Avengers Endgame trailer in 24 hours? Oh, I mean a lot. 230 million, I believe. I people know that movie's coming. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. you're you're actually 
cutting your audience in half, technically speaking. Well, just because of, what, uh, yeah, but there's a, there's a difference between 230 million views on a YouTube video and 230 million people watching. You're, you, that's 230 million views could be, you know, 115 million people watching twice. All right, yeah. I have a question. I, and I, I'm I'm I don't watch the game for for the sports element. I don't I'm not I'm not a sports guy, even though I'm wearing an Orioles hat. Uh, I, I like the way it looks. But the uh, Super Bowl, I, I couldn't care less about Tom Brady and the game. I, I just want to watch the. I, I always watch for the trailers. And by the way, if anyone listening to this podcast works for the Super Bowl or the commercial network element of that, stop releasing your commercials prior to the Super Bowl. That is the dumbest thing and it's the most infuriating okay. I'm, thing i'm gonna play devil's ever. advocate i know where you're gonna go you're gonna go it's more it's more advertising yeah, because we put them on more. the news like i it, know but it that, is that, it, it is it ruins everything about why the super bowl is fun to watch like i don't want to know what's coming okay it's, then it's on, just, on the spin side of that and once again I'm playing devil's advocate because i do agree with you it is kind of a pain to sort of know all the commercials that are coming in that regard, should they not put movie trailers on the internet? And should we just be surprised uh, see, by movie trailers that we go see in the theaters? And then we don't see that. movie trailers in theaters because we I go to screenings. That. I would rather go back to that than have what we have now. Yeah, but then... I, like, I, I would too. Never, I, miss I would rather But we don't go pay to, to go a, to the movies. We go to screenings where they don't show trailers. Well, that's, a, well, that's, that's, that's our job. every once in a while. No, okay, no. then let's find a middle ground there. We work in the industry. Show us the trailers so we can talk about them. So but you people for, at home don't get it. No, what no. What, what, no, what I mean by that is, what I mean by that is we get the trailers to talk about. Like in regards to we get them to, we get them to watch, we get them to review. So let me ask you this. When you go, when you go to a movie screening, you watch a movie before the, the audience, the whole audience does, correct? Correct. You're not giving your audience the two-hour movie. You're giving them your review of the film. So why not give us the trailers... We talk about the trailers. People have to go to the movie to watch the trailer. That's the ideal situation. Yeah, but that doesn't do. I mean, that that doesn't do what a trailer is meant to do, which is make people aware. But like, how did like you're you're talking about back then? Yeah, but you're talking about well because there wasn't any internet. Like there, that was right. that was all they had. Now they had their the whole job of a trailer is to get people to be aware that a movie exists. And but so there's I nothing worse than going to a public movie. Like, I go to public screenings. Now, if I miss something, I'd be going to catch up on it. And it's 30 minutes of trailers before the movie actually You've starts. Already seen. I've seen all of them. Yes, I've yep. seen all of them. But I, mean, but I have to believe that the general public probably has it. Remember, we're immersed in this in a way that others are not. I will say this, there was, uh, and props to First Man for doing this. I they, they actually put a trailer in theaters that did not ever end up online, I believe. The IMAX trailer, which was specifically the Gemini 8 sequence... I paid $21 to see Mission Impossible Fallout just to see that trailer. Yeah. And it was worth every penny. And I was like, Tom that Cruise, thank cool... you for your contribution. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I still <laughs> think it's cool that they did that. Maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's a compromise. Maybe, they, maybe there's a version that's in theaters and then a shorter version online. Sure. Something along those lines. But going back to the Super Bowl thing, I don't want to see my spot. I, mean, I, I get Jake. I get we air them early because they come out early and they're right. talkers and they're and they're good for morning television. But I just think it ruins the entire experience. You know what's coming up. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so, we're, I mean, yeah. we're, you were coming at this from two two different angles. We we're coming at this as fans and how we want to experience it. A room full of people that are spending four million dollars are looking at this as how many people can we get to look at this ad. I get it, but I but, but but I get it, but also just just put it online right after yeah. it airs. Because also you're, you're talking thing. about like four million dollars for the spot. How how many more millions to get Jeff Bridges to return as the dude? Like you're you're talking probably then another four or five million 
to the co. The Coens didn't direct that video, did they? I, God no. I, I think they are. God no. They are prematurely ro- rolling over in their graves at the fact that one of their characters <sighs> is promoting peanuts. Um, oh wait, is he technically? Do we know for sure it's the dude? Oh yes. Yeah. But, yes. Or is he, he just says look the like dude him? abides? He says Does the he? dude abides in the spot. Yes. I haven't watched it. I, I actually refuse to watch it. I saw it come across my timeline. It's horrifying. I have not watched it. It's horrifying. He says Kevin, the dude are you abides. gonna get up and go to the bathroom during the game? Like, is, is that when you that's take what your I do. bathroom breaks? Oh yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> that, that's that's what I've always done. I, I don't watch no, the I game. Wait. Oh I no. I, I I get up and go to the bathroom during the game, and Would I don't you watch. Watch it if it were the skins. Of course, Jake. I'm still gonna see. 75 percent right, of the right, game he's not gonna but, watch the oscars either jake remember um if disney came around to you guys and said um we're gonna do something very special for the avengers endgame junket and you can pick one person from the cast to interview but only one who would you pick robert downey jr uh i pick evans i probably robert. pick downey yeah i probably pick downey downey I, I just would you know this is your last chance right yeah but he started it all. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. that, and like, here's the thing. I, I was actually going back through some of my YouTube videos the it's other day. It's a good day. question. It's a really good question. It's a great question. <laughs> um, I was lucky enough to do Avengers Age of Ultron Junket, and in the piece, I was looking back at it, I couldn't believe who I had, I forgot who I'd gotten. Like, that day, I got Downey Jr., Evans and Hemsworth were paired together. That's awesome. Ruffalo and Johansson were paired together. Uh, who played Ultron? Uh, was it uh, Spader. James, James Spader? Spader, Spader was, uh, was paired with Bettany. Whedon? Who am I missing? Uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor Johnson. It was the entire core Avengers. Basically everyone who didn't disintegrate. Right? Did um, Joss do it? Joss, Whedon, everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. And listen, I don't love Age of Ultron, but I was looking back at that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, yeah. I I cannot believe, like, Evans and Hemsworth and Downey are, like, impossible to get now. Right. And, like, right. luckily, Jake and I were doing junkets, and same, same thing with you, Sean. Jake and I got Downey for Iron Man 3, which was awesome. I know Jake got him for the first two Iron Mans, and I think it was just weird to, to look at that video and go, oh my gosh, look where we were back then. And now... Which, for I'll people be- who don't know Infinity War, Infinity War cast was so big that they had two split. separate groups. And each group had, like, three to four people who you'd be like, oh, I'd kill for them. <laughs> I didn't get a single core Avenger at Infinity War. So right. Infinity War, it was Brolin. And then I, by the way, I was happy with my section because I, I got some great things from them. But mine was Brolin the Russos, uh, uh, Chris uh, Pratt and Zoe Saldana. And some, I think Paul, I guess Paul Bettany, because he was there from the start, right? But I, I, yeah, but none of the, no Hemsworth, no Evans, no Downey, no Ruffalo, no, you know, the big guys, none of those guys. Right. Um, but so Downey, I think, would be like the full scope to get him to kind of go. I, I, I get that. And, that. and my knee jerk was Downey just because he is so difficult to get these days. I think the reason I would choose Evans is just because I would want to talk about the Marvel arc through the eyes of Captain America, just because I feel like Captain America has had the most interesting story arc and sure. character arc. And yeah, so agreed. that's how I would want to structure my interview and structure my piece is sort of parallel paralleling the path of Captain America, which also sort of kind of, you know, goes along with the path of Marvel itself. And for people who aren't aware of like junkets, like, like we as journalists have interviewed these people for all these movies. 
Uh, and as the films grow and grow and grow, and as you get them more and more, they become more and more limited depending on their time and their schedule. Like, it's very hard to get Downey now. Evans, Which is I funny barely... because there was a point where, I mean, I if, if you had me pick the top five people that I've interviewed the most times, Downey would be in my top five. I think I've interviewed him somewhere between 10 and 11 times. Wow. But now he's almost impossible to get. So it's right. funny how over the course of time, someone can go from like, oh, yeah, I've interviewed that person two or three times in a year versus like, dude, I don't know if I'm ever going to see that person ever again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I, I Johnny Depp. When's the next time Evans. we're ever going to get Johnny Depp? We were, okay, we, probably we, were, not. we were getting Depp every weekend for, for a while. I now know. there's no getting. And right. then same thing with um, – with Tom Hanks, there there was a time in the '90s where Tom Hanks did every single junket, and now good luck trying to get Tom Hanks on any junket. Well, let now. me bring up another person I'm, who we're probably not going to get, and it'll transition us into our next story: Ben Affleck. <laughs> By the way, I, I want to say one thing: I, we got Depp so many times, Jake, that I got to do a make good of one of my questions. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how many important. times we that's got. How, him. That's how you know you get someone a lot when you mess up on one junket and go, "Oh, it's cool. I'll get him in a couple of weeks," and, I I get, wanna, and then you can make up for it in a few weeks later. I need to fix this thing that I did two I literally said to Depp, I was like, two years ago I asked you this, can I redo something real fast? He was like, no problem. But yeah, <laughs> but it's weird though to think about that, but like, I barely got Evans for Civil War. Civil War, he wasn't even confirmed, and then like a day or two prior, I, he was amazing, that was the best I had ever had Evans was for Civil War, and he was, um, but I don't, I don't know that I'll ever get him again for an Avengers movie, right? I don't know, Jake, I don't know I don't know. I don't know who's gonna do the Avengers Endgame jump. Maybe they'll have them all do it just for one last hurrah. You know, that would be amazing. We'll see. All right, let's switch over from Marvel to DC. I brought up Ben Affleck, and I mentioned the fact that, uh, well, I haven't mentioned it yet, but if you're playing along at home, his time in the Batman suit is over, over and done, and uh, they're gonna move on. Matt Reeves is gonna do a Batman movie. It got dated for June of 2021. Uh, all along, we've been hearing that Matt Reeves' movie was going to launch a trilogy, a potential trilogy. He's got a big story in mind that he wants to do. He's talking about how it's going to be more of a crime noir um, and play up Batman's ability to be a detective. And uh, he always wanted a younger Batman. Um, the fact that they started with an older Batman was a problem. So how will you guys remember Ben Affleck's time in the, the Batman role? Kevin, you loved him as Batman, didn't you? I think he's the best Batman since Keaton, no okay. question. Mm -hmm. But do you think he got shortchanged? Hundred percent. I mean, yeah. that, those he's a phenomenal Batman. Like right. and and like everyone, Bale is considered a great Batman because of how good of a job Nolan did. No, I don't think Bale, Bale did a good job, man. Bale was not a great Batman. You're he was not a great, great Bruce Batman. Wayne. <laughs> Bale was not a great Batman. His voice was terrible. No, you and also why, this, why oh, do you hate dude, on the voice so much? It's not a good voice, and it got worse every movie. It got movie. worse with each movie. Oh, my God. It got more, like, nasally and... He has like to he cover up cold. his voice. He's one of the most recognizable people in Gotham City. He doesn't have the excuse that, that Ben Affleck has. He doesn't have the voice modulator. Affleck's voice sounded amazing. Because like, he had it the voice like, modulator. How, what you, I don't remember what Keaton's voice sounded like. What was his Batman voice? Kind of normal. Keaton didn't speak a whole heck of a lot. He didn't have yeah. a lot of lines. They, they never really give Batman a ton of lines. I think Bale Bale was an Bale's probably the best Bruce Wayne that's ever played Bruce Wayne. I think that Ben Affleck is top two Batmans. He is unbelievable uh, as Batman, and I think 
And I'm a huge Zack Snyder fan, and I will, to this day, I will say it forever. I love Watchmen, love Batman vs. Superman, La Man of Steel is one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, I cannot wait for his next movie, which he's doing for Netflix, which he has, li- literally, they're giving him free ra- free reign to do everything. Who is? Affleck? Zack, Zack Snyder. Oh, Snyder is. Oh, the yeah. zombie movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're giving him, like, 90 million, I read somewhere, to do whatever I mean, I, I, I like, do. I don't think Snyder ever stopped being, I don't blame Justice League on him. Like, I still get excited over the concept of a... Zack Snyder movie. Dude, Snyder yeah. gets a lot of hate, man. I mean, man, he also has, gets a Batman. lot of love. Like, yeah, he gets a lot of flack, but you go on Twitter His and you say something really bad passionate. about Zack Snyder and prepare for your oh. notifications to blow up. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Snyder fan, and I, and I think Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition was amazing. And I, mm-hmm. I, I am so upset we're not going to get a solo Man of Steel style Batman movie. And I think Matt Reeves, I know Matt Reeves is doing one. But I would love to have seen Affleck get his chance. I, I really, I still wish he direct he was directing and starring in it. Right, right. Uh, that's but both but, of those. But are gone. why can't we just get an Arkham Asylum movie? Like, is that too much right. to ask? Like, it's the it's the simplest idea. You you structure it like the raid. He has to start at the bottom floor of Arkham Asylum and work his way right. up. And the whole movie right. is him working. And then you have the excuse to bring in all of the great Batman villains because they're all in different cells scattered around Arkham. It's there. Like, that's all you need. I don't understand why we're trying to make this more complicated than it needs to be. It's very true. I know. Just sitting there waiting for him. Uh, but Did I you... just feel like these movies take too long to put together and Affleck was not just going to commit himself to the role. It was, Sean, it was taking too did long. You like, did you like Affleck as Batman? I did. Yeah, I did. But I, I loved think that him. I, I thought he was a that... bad Bruce Wayne. Oh, I thought he was a great Bruce no, Wayne. No, I thought he was a good Batman. I thought he was a bad Bruce Wayne. See, I think Bale was a, a great, a, a better Bruce Wayne, clearly. But I think Bale's Batman is elevated because of the filmmaker. No, I, I think le- Bale's Batman is elevated because his his, uh, his Bruce Wayne is so good. And because his Bruce Wayne is so good, it made me care about the man behind the cowl. But his Batman is so bad. It's a bad Batman. Well, it's bad. The hockey, it's not bad. the hockey pads, dude. Listen, okay, the Dark Knight. You were... knock on that on that line. Bale didn't write that line. That you Which knock line? knock. No, uh, I'm not I'm wearing, wearing any hockey pads. pads. He, what makes us not, different? That's uh, not I, I his line. <laughs> you're like you're, you're you're acting like he was there like it's, writing the script. Knock Nolan if you're gonna knock anybody for that line. It's it's not a it's he's not a good Batman. Yes, and he listen, is. I. He's not a good Batman. He's a great Bruce Wayne, and The Dark Knight's one of the greatest movies of all time. But he's not a good Batman. You can't this say he's a bad Batman and then say our... he's in the, one of the best Batman, like one of the best movies of all time. That just makes no, that makes no sense. It makes perfect this sense. Argument makes I no bet, sense. I bet you he's on screen more as Bruce Wayne than no, he is as Batman. No. That's that's he's like saying honestly, and I'm not like like blowing, that's like saying one of the three of us is one of the worst film critics of all time. But this is a great podcast. Like, like I never said, said no. he's the one of the worst Batman. You said he was ever. a bad, he's a bad Batman. Batman. He's not a good Batman. You're saying he's a bad Batman, but it's one of the best movies of all time. The two of those don't go together. It makes no sense. That makes no sense. I want to acknowledge the fact that um, they announced Christopher Nolan has a new movie coming out. Uh, we don't know anything about it. I don't assume we're ever going to know anything about it. It has a release date. I That's love that got. Nolan is at a point in his career that that they straight up say it's an event film. Because it's Nolan. It, <laughs> like, we, don't know you the guys are, we don't know the title. We know the release date. And the studio goes, it's an event. And they drop the mic and they walk away. Do you guys remember when they released that first teaser for Dunkirk? And it was like that the, the shot of the long... Is that uh, when all uh, the men turn around and like, look all, up in the sky? Yeah. All the guys? The, the soldiers? 
Do you soldiers. remember? And like then what the one that, guy turns to look. Is that what that happens? one guy's face looks yeah. up? And then I mean that was one of the greatest. And Interstellar had a similar one. They did like a, these these little minute teasers for Nolan. Gosh, I cannot. Has wait. he mentioned anything at all? Of I was going to ask you guys. On? Have you have, have you heard anything? Well, Kevin from Nolan. Know. No, I, I no, honestly that he's. No, I mean I, I don't know what he could possibly like. I, I would assume he's going to go totally different genre, right? So right, he's already yeah. done superhero. He's already Romantic done... comedy. <laughs> he's going to remake Gary Marshall's Valentine's Day. <laughs> I would actually I'm watch down. that. I would watch and he, that. And he, and he shoots it in IMAX, and every time there's a love scene, they go to 65 mil IMAX. I was going to say he's going to do a romantic comedy that skips through time, but that's just sort of about time. Uh, I would I watch a Nolan time. musical. I'd watch a musical by Nolan. Nolan remakes Greatest Showman better. Dead. I have no father. <laughs> oh, 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 you know what? I'm actually I'm reading the Inception script right now. Um, so I'm like trying to read a lot more screenplays, and I got the Inception script on on online, and I, 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 bought, I got the book. I like reading a hardcover book and everything. Whatever. There's a great interview in the middle of uh, in the beginning of the book with Jonathan Nolan and Chris Nolan talking about um, how Inception came about. It is. Unbelievable! That script is genius, by the way. Uh, if you have a chance, if you don't know if you guys ever read scripts, but like if you if you get a chance to read that script, the way he writes how you transition from each time zone or each you know layer of uh, of the dream is unreal. Like the guy, the guy is actually a genius. He really is. It's but I will say amazing. about Nolan the same thing I say about Tarantino. I'm dying for one of them to do a contemporary film. I miss when they do. Like, I think the closest Nolan ever did to a contemporary film would be Inception or Memento, I guess. Memento was a contemporary film. Insomnia. Well, I say Insomnia. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And Tarantino only has wait, wait, Pulp wait, Fiction wait, and what Reservoir do you, What do you mean when you say contemporary? You mean like traditional? Something set in our modern times. Isn't, set, isn't Batman in our film. modern times? Yeah, Batman's in the modern times. I don't know. It's, in, it's it? in a fictional city, but it's still in our modern times. I yeah, that was 2000. I don't know. I kind of thought it would be like earlier. Like No, because like, think, think of like the planes that they use. Interstellar's in, 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 in our time, isn't it? No, Interstellar's in the future. How far in the future, though? Enough Pretty so that all time. of our crops are dead. It's not that far in the future, is it? It's like it's, 20, maybe 2020 something? Let me look. No, dude. It's I mean, like, it's, like, it's, like That's the whole point, is that the Earth is dying. We have to leave. No, I know that, but what year is Interstellar? Now, hopefully, I mean, I, hopefully it's not set a year from now. The question is, though, he's oh, saying... Oh, it feels cont- like it's 100 years. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let me look. Zing. All right, while you're looking that up, because I do want to know that. Uh, let's transition to the Screen Actors Guild Awards because, for this main reason, we had a surprise at Best Ensemble. Um, Interstellar's mid twenty first century, so that's like twenty. So what's that mean? That's like twenty fifty. Okay, so it's not too far off. That's Thirty years. Yeah. The future. Uh, that's Black not that. Panther wins Best Ensemble at the Screen Actors Guild Award. Do you think that helps its Oscar chances at all? No. 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 Jake, are I, you muted? I didn't hear you say that. No. Oh, <laughs> not at all. No, I, uh, I, I just don't. I think it's going to be really hard for a movie to win Best Picture that isn't nominated for a single acting award. It's not nominated for directing. It's not nominated right. for. I don't think it got an editing nomination. It like it, it, it didn't get a screenplay nomination. I just don't see it winning Best Picture and then nothing else. Yeah. And like, yeah, I could win some of the year, like below the line stuff, but you got to win at least. One of the other big ones, don't you? Last year's Screen Actors Guild Award went to, I believe, three billboards. Yeah. And that ended up losing to. Yeah, but, but, but that's still water. one. I mean, but that was still nominated for 
screenplay. It was still nominated for a couple of three different acting yeah. awards. I mean, like mm-hmm. Black Panther yeah, doesn't I'm have any of that going for it. SAG doesn't necessarily always no. line up with Best Picture, no. but By the way, I think with Rami Malek and Glenn Close, they seem like our winners. Yeah, it I, looks like it looks. I mean, I think Malik is probably the one that had that has the best chance of losing compared to between her and Glenn Close. I mean, him and Glenn Close. Now, if Malik loses, he'll lose to Bale. Yeah, agreed. Those, agreed. Are the, those are the two. Now, I'm just it, it upsets me so much that Bradley Cooper is no longer. I, I was just rewatching Silver Linings. That guy has one of the greatest ranges of every any actor I've ever seen. He's amazing. Right. And Star is Born is, in my opinion, his best role of his career. Completely disappears in the role. It, it, it shocks me that Star is Born is possibly going to go home with just song. Like, that is yeah. unbelievable to me. It's a great film. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. Black Panther winning SAG, I don't think that means it'll win Best Picture. I think right now we're still looking at Roma. But it's weird. Like, think, think about these, like, think about these waves we go on, right? Right after uh, uh, Critics' Choice. We're on a big wave of Roma, right? We're like, very, we're very into Roma winning. Ten nominations, it's gonna win, right? And then SAG happens. Black Panther then takes that front seat. Not theoretically, not not literally, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. but yeah. It, but it does. Right now, the where the Roma momentum's gone, right? We don't even feel I don't it. think it's gone. I mean, Roma wasn't nominated for SAG, so I don't think anyone really thought it was going to. No, I know, but are you do you are you feeling Roma right now? Dude, I wasn't feeling no. Roma when it came out. No, no, I know, I know that. I'm talking about. Are you feeling? No, I know the, what you're saying. I, no, I'm not. Okay, I mean, you, but is I, it I think because any given day you can arguably make a case for any of these films to be the front runner this year? No film has solidified itself as I'm the film to beat necessarily. All right, right now. Oh, by the way, remind me. Uh, we're mentioning Roma. I, I watched Velvet Buzzsaw. If you guys, oh, want, I can, I, yeah, I think I can, that came out on Netflix. Briefly today. mention that if you want. It opened um, today. What yeah, I, I, I watched the screener last yeah, yeah. night. Um, the uh, uh, for uh, right now, as we sit here, best picture winner, Roma. I think Roma. I'm gonna say. Is it Star? I think a Star's War might win. Green Book. No, really. If Green yeah. Book wins, I'm gonna be. I like that movie, but if that wins, I'm gonna be so upset because it's it, it's not. It won Producers Guild. That's I that's know. the only reason. But but then Peter Fairley didn't get a director nom, so. I don't know. Neither, neither did Ben Affleck, and it won Argo won Best Picture. Yeah, but right, there's much but more Book goodwill have... for Ben Affleck yes. at that time than there is Peter Farrelly. No, no one is, is, has... is waking up sad for Peter Farrelly for not getting... Did you did you just say goodwill and then Ben Affleck? I did. That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> that is pretty funny. I don't know that you knew that you said that, but I you did. did. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, give us a quick review of Velvet, Velvet Buzzsaw. No so I watched it last night. No, I won't spoil anything. Uh, you guys know the basic concept of it, though? Kind okay, of. like essentially, like basically, for people who don't aren't aware, it's the same director as Nightcrawler, which was amazing. Um, Dan Gilroy and Dylan uh, Hall's character is an art critic. Uh, a unknown artist dies; uh, no one knew who he was, and his paintings. He left a note or, or a request saying that every one of my paintings needs to be destroyed the day I die or when I die, and not resold ever. Um, anyways, that particular part of his art gets out there the curator starts selling it displaying it uh the art is haunted somehow because of his dark past and that then leads to people dying because of the art coming to life that's the trailer has all that in it it's not, okay. not a spoiler um is the movie great it's not as good as nightcrawler Hall is amazing uh and the I beauty of this nightcrawler me too and Hall to me the beauty of this movie and it also being on netflix 
thinking about how many people are going to watch it because Joan Hall's in it. It's another reminder of how brilliant of an actor he is. And I think every time he comes out with a movie, whether it be Prisoners, Donnie Darko, Enemy, Zodiac, um, the guy is one of the greatest actors of our generation. I agree I mean, with that. The guy has insane range. And doesn't uh, get the respect for that, I feel agreed. like. Agreed. 100% agreed. Like, like, nobody talks about really how great Jake Gyllenhaal is. We need to do Gyllenhaal blend. That'd be a good one. Ooh, um, that would be a good but, one. But he is unbelievable in this film. The problem with the movie is... It's a bit too on the nose, um, meaning that there's like shots that specifically, not like the nail in a quiet place, but shots that specifically, they, it feels like the director's like, hey, hey, come here, let, let, me, let me show you something real fast. That's going to be important later. They do that a bunch of times in the movie. It just feels like they're trying to do that rather than being more subtle. Um, it also is paced kind of poorly. At times, it kind of uh, it, it does feel like it's dragging, and I don't normally look at my watch or look at the clock on my wall. Um, but I did a couple times in the movie. I'm like, wait, there really there's, there's an hour left. It's 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 good. It's just not great. Um, that sounds like he, the perfect he, movie for me to watch on Netflix. Exactly, and and, and you know who's really great in it is Tony Collette. Well, Amazing performance, um, and I really liked. Um, I, I'm blanking on her name. But the lead girl in the film, um, I wish I, I knew her name off the top of my head. She's the one that uh, Jill, that finds the art. Um, I can't remember her name. I'm blanking. She's amazing. Whoever her name is, um, incredible performance from her. Um, I liked it. I, I give it like a three and a half. That's good. That's um, enough to get me to watch I, it. And I'll tell yeah, you that. I, your word. I mean, I, I didn't hate Roman J. Israel. I had issues with it. I, I liked it. I didn't love it. I thought it was fine. Is um, that his movie? Yeah. I liked yeah, Roman J. I Israel. I that. I didn't know that was Dan Girl. I I thought Roman J. Israel was one of one of Denzel's best performances. That was a great performance. But it was not really I don't know. I love that movie actually. Kevin, I, does, I, does I, your I like like, going on a on a quick tangent uh, back to Nightcrawler, does your station use we don't call them nightcrawlers, we call them stringers. Does your station use those guys? Wait, so are you talking about the extremity of what he went to? No, or like, just, like, the, just uh, the, the concept <laughs> of hiring freelance <laughs> photographers overnight to shoot footage that you're... No. You guys don't use them at all? Not that I know we, of, we, no. We I use mean, them, and I try to get... Um, when that movie came out, I, we we, call, we don't call them nightcrawlers. We call them stringers. Like, did you get... Are, are we going to buy this stringer footage is what it's referred to. Um, and the, so, so, like, they would go out and shoot things and so, sell So what happens the, is, you know, like, you know, at, at, at 2 o'clock in the morning, you don't have photographers... On, you know, on on the clock in the off chance that something happens. So if there's a really bad car wreck or if there's a murder or whatever the case may be, there are these guys, like in the movie, whose job it is to listen to police scanners all night. And if they hear that there's something going on, they pack up their crew and then they go film it. And then what they do is they call all the TV stations and say, hey, that, that fire, that house that burned down on, on 34th Street, we've got footage of it. We'll sell it to you for this. Um, right. So, and, so and, and I, I just didn't know. I know our station uh, here in Chicago. In Chicago, it's pretty popular. Um, I just didn't know if it was commonplace in, in all markets. I didn't know, but I mean, for people who haven't seen Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler, Jalen Hall goes to the extremity of causing uh, accidents right. and, and actual crimes to film and then sell the station, which was a very crazy thing. But it also fed into this idea of what we. Of of the television business, what we tease, yeah. what's you know what what people want to watch. It was very critical of what of what we do in our business, yeah. and then also what we do as consumers of our business. Yes, yeah, and it's funny you say that because I'm watching. I just finished watching the Ted Bundy documentary, the docu series on Netflix, which is a four part series. It's an incredible documentary series if you have a chance to watch it. If you're in a true crime, um, Jake, I know you're on episode two. Correct. Three three and uh, four is just riveting but to speak to what you're saying 
and I didn't know this. I, I didn't know much about Ted Bundy, um, except the idea that people were criticizing the Zac Efron trailer for making him too likable. That's how he was. That, that was, was I whole, thought that was his whole. Th- that, that, that was the that whole was, thing. You know, you yeah, unfortunately he we, stood up. Yeah, we, we differentiate yeah. serial killers, unfortunately, by like very glaring things right. about them. You know, you said Gacy was the guy that dressed up as a clown, and right, and and Manson was the guy that had the cults. And and to me, I to me before I knew anything about Bundy, and now we seem to be in like Bundy mania right now. Bundy was the one I categorized as like, oh, he was the good-looking, charming one. Like he was, that was always right. how I categorized Bundy. That's that's who I thought he was. Dude, there were women who went to the courtroom to watch the case who were infatuated That's with him. Insane. Like 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 they, they would come out of the uh, of the court case that day and be interviewed and they were like talking about how they they liked him. And it was like and, and he's on trial for murder. And it was like, and that's the weird thing about the movie, and that's why I found the criticism of the Zac Efron trailer to be a little strange, because when you watch the documentary and get to episode four, by the way, the documentary is directed by the same guy who directed the film, Joe Berlin. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so the guy who directed the four series documentary, I think he also did the Paradise Lost one, the one that got the guys out of prison from the the West Memphis. So he directed the Efron movie and the four-part docuseries. When you get to the courtroom stuff, Efron nailed it. Like it's that's that's what he did. He got up. He he would defend himself. He, he had a, he the, a whole the shock show. I he heard would, on the trailer isn't that they isn't so much about how they portray Bundy. It's just that it portrays the film incorrectly. Yeah, they, they the, said that the, the film yeah. people at Sundance say that the, the movie that I saw is not the movie that's portrayed in the trailer. And the that, trailer that's sort of the knock is, that I heard about it. It's cut weird. Yeah. Like it, like it, it's almost cut. Fun. Very, it looks like a, fun. Well, yeah, and it and but but here's the thing. When you get to the episode four of the Ted Bundy doc, he that was his thing. He looked into the camera, he smiled, he like charmed people. And Did he no like one... Huey Lewis in the news? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I, but, but I mean, here's the thing: this guy was horrific, and and everything he did was absolutely horrible. But when he come, when it comes down to documentaries about true crime, it's riveting. Like and, and like they, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, Jake. You're in episode two. They had, they had a journalist in the jail cell on death row with a recorder talking to him for over 100 hours. And that's what we're listening to. And then the editing of the documentary takes us back and forth across state lines to every crime and every prosecutor, every defender who worked on it. Friends. Jake, dude, do you know he has a daughter? I did not know that. Spoiler alert, uh, dude. Well, it's in real life. I mean, that, that, that's a real life thing. I'm joking. But, I mean, you know what happens to him, correct? I do. Okay, all right. So, but yeah, I, I watch it if you get a chance. It is riveting, like very, very, very riveting. All right, speaking of riveting, Sunday morning, I woke up, uh, checked my phone, and one of the first things I saw was a video that my friend Kevin McCarthy posted on Twitter. Huh. Uh, a video that, by the middle of the day, it was up to two million views. <laughs> and uh, showed it to Michelle immediately, and the two of us were just enamored with this footage that Kevin captured of Bradley Cooper joining Lady Gaga on stage to sing Shallow. And it's, to me, it's even better than what I was eagerly anticipating watching at the Oscars, which was them singing the song together. Um, But in in that sense, it would be such an artificial, you know, it's not gonna be able to capture exactly what this performance captured, which was, and if people haven't seen it yet, pause the show, go search it on YouTube. It's you don't even truly, have to search it. It's been retweeted a billion <laughs> times. Everywhere. I um, knew when, as soon as he posted, because I saw it when he posted it pretty early, my first thought was, that thing's about to blow the oh, F up. 
I got it up faster than you can imagine because I it was the last song and I was staying at the hotel that it, that it took place at. So I was on the Wi-Fi and I knew that everyone in the building was on their cell phones. The LTE was probably not working. So and okay, I shot a four. Let's, let's yeah. back up a bit. How did you get there? How, why were oh, you Oh, okay. So uh, it was totally random. I was at that show. I, I mean, I bought Lauren tickets to see Lady Gaga for Christmas. And I purposely, I, I am a big advocate of getting in the pit. I like the pit area of a concert. I don't like sitting in the seats. I like And the meet and greets. You do meet and greets. Yeah, sometimes. Depend, like Kendrick Lamar, I don't know if I'll ever meet him, so I wanted to meet him. Yeah, um, did they have but, meet and greets for Gaga? Oh, yeah. What does that like, cost? Uh, like $2,000 plus. Wow. But but that, that that's the base. Like that, They're all sold out, I think. So right. they I mean, like, like knock on wood, luckily we've all been in a room with her. I know. Like, but yeah, to your point, Kendrick Lamar is someone For that free. Keep. For free. Yeah. Hey, case in point, I was paid to be there. <laughs> that's true, Jake. You got paid. That's funny. Um, so I, I wanted to get pit tickets. Now, credit to my wife. When I got to the show... So I had seen footage online of that that she performed shallow at the end of the show. Okay. So I there was a piano that juts out at the end of the stage. There's two shows she does. She does one called Enigma, one's called a jazz and piano show. I wanted the Enigma show because she was doing performance capture for it actually, um, and she was posting it all over her Instagram. Different hotels so, or, or two different no. shows, and they just trade out in the same location. Same hotel, same location, just the, the show itself. Interesting. Changes. Okay, sorry. Um, no, that's cool. So she. Um, Basically, we get there, and I knew I wanted to get over to the, the to that piano and be right there. Now, Lauren is five two. I'm six two and a half, six three. So, it being that close and the stage was high, she couldn't see over people. So, she requested that we stand back against the barrier. And I was near a trash can the whole time, actually. Um, and we sat there, so she could see right to the stage. And so we're, you know, I'm. 25 feet from her piano, basically. 30 feet from her piano. Um, so, show starts at 8 o'clock. She doesn't go on until 8.15. 7.50 rolls around. Uh, I'm standing there. I, I'm wearing my Jackson Maine jacket that I wore for my Halloween costume when we dressed up as ja- uh, Jackson and Allie. And I had a Jackson Maine like, fake concert shirt that you would buy at a Jackson Maine show. Like, Where did Stars you get Born. that? They made, uh, uh, for one of Lauren's birthday gifts or I can't remember what, what gift it was it was, anniver- it was anniversary I got Jackson and Allie concert shirts that Star is Born actually made oh I bought God. them online they, they were like back ordered for like a month and a half so my concert shirt was like it's literally Jackson Maine as if he's a real musician playing guitar and a, a, you would get it at an actual concert that, that's what it looked like that's insane so I wore that just, you know, because I just wanted to, you know it was a, a Gaga show and wanted to support Star is Born or whatever so uh, I looked behind me at 7.50, and Bradley Cooper walks right by me. And we lock eyes. He continues walking, turns around, says hi, but doesn't stop because the swarm of people in the pit who just saw him are now phones out. Like, Bradley Cooper's here. This is a huge deal. Todd Phillips is with them. And so uh, they sit down literally right behind me. Like, I'm talking two, maybe seven... mm, Poor Todd Phillips. Talk about being the most ignored person in the room. Sitting sitting next to Bradley Cooper at the Gaga concert. And I got a story about him, too. He said, you know, because Todd Phillips produced Star is Born. Um, So so they sit down, and then at one point... Were they looking for Justin Bartha? Because he's on the roof. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he's on the roof. Uh, So I I look at Cooper, and I, I open my shirt, 
And I'm like, and he's like, he's like, oh, that's awesome, whatever. Like, like he looks over at Ty, he's like laughing. I probably, I don't know what he said. Maybe this guy's an idiot. I have no idea. Uh, no, I, I couldn't I hear him. No he prob- idea who this guy is. I think he probably said like that guy's interviewed me a couple times or whatever. Because you know, I've, I've interviewed him like ten times probably over the years for all the hangovers, whatever. Um, so I was like showing off my shirt, and Todd produced the movie, so it was cool that I was wearing the jacket, and that's they awesome. probably appreciated it. So show starts, and it's a little, it's weird because. Bradley Cooper's now looking right in your direction the entire show. So it's a little nerving. So like you know every wrecking. move you make. Like if you put your arm around your wife. Yeah. Like I, was like, I was like, I know. Is my phone out? See, I, I've actually gotten to a point where I don't like taking my phone out at shows. Um, and I've actually made it a point to only pull it out for maybe a couple songs and put it away. I remember Prince used to say, like, he would do a show and say, put your phones away and we'll take them out for one song, and we'll all do it together. Because I think everyone at concerts now is on their phones, and listen, I'm guilty of it, I, I posted a video that went viral, but I mean, it's like, but that was because of what it was. Uh, anyway, so, show starts, she comes down from the ceiling playing guitar, she's doing Just Dance, Cooper's like, I'm like watching Bradley Cooper now, that was the other, that was the other thing, how many times can I turn around and look at him without it being weird? <laughs> right. Like, like what's I'm gonna he say doing? One. You yeah, get like, one what? time... And then it's weird. So and how then, many more times than one did you turn around? I'm saying oh, three. I'm putting the number to three. No, but okay, then you the start over making... Over under is three and a half. What do you choose, Sean? <laughs> that was way more than that. <laughs> right, I'm going to take the over. But you start making up ways to turn around, right? Like, yeah. you like, look at other things. Like, he, like, look, he, look, he, look, he does, like, a yawn. Like, stretch. Yeah. Oh, it just yeah. him all the way around. So he's wearing, like, a, he's wearing, like, a hat. It's backwards, whatever. So he's hanging out. So uh, at one point, she tells everyone to take out their phones and, and show their lights. I look back. I'm like, is Cooper going to do that? He did that. He was, like, really into it. Um, I, I was actually, I was very curious to know if he knew any of her lyrics. I didn't look at his face during some of the songs. I, I, I would like to know if he knew any of her songs. I think I'm he sure does. he does. By now he does, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so, so much time together. So, okay. So midway through the show, Bradley Cooper gets up to go to the bathroom. And walks right by Lauren, and I stops, shakes my hand, says hi, says hi to Lauren, I show him my shirt again, he's like super excited, and he goes to the bathroom, and he comes back. And then he sits back down, okay, now we're getting towards the end of the show now, she plays Born This Way, and then all of a sudden, like, she comes out on stage wearing like this this black shirt, the short shorts, whatever she was wearing, um, and starts like talking about Bradley Cooper, and this movie, Star is Born. So she's like, you know, she's down at her piano. She's like, there's someone very special in the crowd tonight. Keep in mind, there's five, over 5,000 people in this crowd. And only where I was sitting, people knew he was there. Right. Think about the rest yeah, right, of the right, venue. Right. No right. one. Now, I, I would love to have kind of been in that situation where I didn't know. And it came on stage. But, but then I'm happy where I was, too. So uh, Do you think he knew that she was going to call him up? That's... So I'll tell you why I don't think he planned on singing. People will argue it was a publicity thing. Um, I think he had an idea he might get called up there just, you know, just to say hi to the crowd, or maybe they would shine a light on him. And she, or she, would, I thought she was going to go over to him with a microphone and just say hi because okay. she was coming down from the ceiling in some of these sequences and some of these songs. She's an amazing performer, by the way. If you guys have ever seen her live, she's incredible. I've seen her. That's my second time seeing her. Um, anyway, so she talks about this. She goes, there's a little movie called uh, Star is Born. It's shallow and called Shallow. She looks over and she goes, I'm going to be a little bit chancy tonight. And she's like, Bradley Cooper is in the crowd. Everyone starts freaking out. And like, he doesn't seem phased by it. He's just kind of like, you know, you know, yeah, I'm here. This is kind of cool. He's wearing a hat. I mean, it didn't look like he was planning to go on stage. Right. Then, you know, eventually she calls him up. 
he gets up. He didn't even know where to go. Like, like he had a, uh, the, the, he got up on his own and walked. And then the person was like, oh, no, no, you're going the, going the wrong way. Then he had to switch around and goes on stage. Gets on stage. And if you watch the video closely, I don't think I posted this part. He had trouble hearing in his ear what? the song. The song. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what happened was, so if in the first minute he's on stage, it looked like he didn't know what he was doing. Right. He actually made a joke. He goes, Jackson never wore these things. Remember that whole bit, the bit in the movie where he wouldn't wear the in-ears? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he sits down at the piano, or he sits down like near the piano, and like you know, he kisses Gaga and says hi to her, whatever it was. And there's like a minute exchange where he's like, "I, I can't hear anything, guys. Like, I don't know what's going on." So Gaga had to stay on her microphone to her tech guys. Bradley can't hear anything, and then Bradley mm-hmm. goes, "I can't hear anything. I've never even, you know, I don't know, and I've never worn these before." Anyway, so. I was listening to how long the guitarist had to play the opening riff. Yeah. He was playing it the entire time that she was setting it up. So, and interestingly enough, so um, when he starts, so they start playing the song and the video is crazy. She's like, like kneeling before him. Like he's like singing. He's a little pitchy in the beginning because I think he was having trouble getting adjusted to the ear thing. If you actually go two bars into it, he finds the notes and then it ends up being perfect the rest of the show. Um, But I'll tell you right now, it was surreal, and I, it's funny because I I didn't want to record it, but I but I knew that it would be I knew it would be a big deal because it's the first time they ever performed it, and that, that was, what you saw is what you saw. I mean, I, I sat right there and just and I I knew I wanted to shoot it. Uh, what's the word? Vertical, right? Or her, or yeah, whatever. So it wouldn't, Vertical so it wouldn't have the down. bars. Vertical yeah, horizontal. Down. Sorry, sorry. I always get those two confused. Like it's and it's and there and there. Um. <laughs> anyway, so um. It was Regardless, incredible. It was incredible. So they, they sang the song. The best part about that video, by the way, is him when she sits down and then he starts air guitaring. And did you see him like air yes. guitaring and like yeah. rocking out? And then uh, it was unbelievable. So then here, then full circle um, show ends and uh, probably about 10 minutes before he went on stage or no, right when he left to go on stage, I turned around and said hi to Todd Phillips. I said, hey, Todd, because no one was talking to him, right? Like, I mean, and I love Todd Phillips. I think he's a great director. I, I, and I say great because I think he is a great director. Um, anyway, so uh, I'm, the show ends, the song ends. I pull my phone out. I'm, I'm like rigorously trying to like, you know, I, I want to get it uh, uploaded. And I feel a tap on my shoulder. And I don't look up for like three or four seconds because I'm still typing. And I look up and it was Todd Phillips saying hi and he turns around and we, you we blew off real Todd fast. Phillips. I didn't mean to. I didn't know it was. I didn't know he was going to say hi to me. You're not getting the, the, the Joker junket. Yeah. Oh, oh so the Joker. He's yeah. doing the Joker. Come and on. Then, and then Come get this. In. And then get this. And then I, and then Lauren wanted to go to this this club thing. I, I, I'm not a club person, but there was a club in the hotel right across from the venue. And I'm like waiting in line to get in. And then Flea walks by from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, cool. I think wow. he was at. I think he was at the show. I don't know for sure. Um, but it was, it was surreal, man. Like, I mean, like, and, and Bradley, when Cooper started doing the part where they duetted together, where they actually do the harmony the yeah. in the shallow part, it is, it was so emotional. I mean, we all love that movie, right? I mean, it was a, it was crazy. Well, and the critique, not the critique, but the comment that I saw most under your video and other versions of the video is that those two are in love with each other. Like they're literally the the eye contact that they're making with each other. I know he's is he married to the Russian supermodel? I don't, I don't, I don't know. So. I don't also, know. they have a child together, but I don't think they're married. He and Gaga look like they are about to consummate some sort of relationship, man, because they look super into each other. It's like how Gabe looks at us whenever we rap on time. Yes. <laughs> so never. Another reason why I don't think it was planned is like Bradley, like 
his hair was all messed up. He had a hat on. I mean, I mean, listen, I, I don't think, you know, there was no way he didn't think it could be possible. Right. That she would call him up. But I don't think they practiced it, and I don't think they planned it. Because yeah. if they had planned it and practiced it, the ear thing would have been set up. It would have been perfectly ready to go. There yeah. would have been an, there would have been a minute technical issue. I mean, you're talking yeah, about professionals a, here. That's a really great point because you're right. It didn't look like he was prepared to get up there. They would have rehearsed something. He would have been able to just jump on stage. It would have been and make smoother than that. That's but even also, more incredible than that it worked as well as it did. But maybe I'm just naive. Maybe I'm naive. I don't know. I, I, I want to live in a world where I don't think it was planned. But, yeah. I mean, listen, it's totally possible that he had an inkling that she may call him up. The whole time I was sitting there, I thought at one point she's going to just come over to where we are and sit with him and, and do a talk or whatever it was. I don't know. I did no clue he was going up there. It was crazy. Well, Kevin got to see two of our biggest current stars. Jake got to interview one of our most iconic classic stars. Jake got 30 minutes this week with Richard Dreyfus, And not just Dreyfus for, like, Krippendorf's tribe. <laughs> like, he got him specifically for Jaws with a little mix-in of Close Encounters. Yeah. He, uh, and there's nothing more intimidating than having someone sit down and go, just so you know. I've been asked everything there is to be asked about Jaws. <laughs> no, if shut up. You, Did he say that? He said, if you oh, ask me a question <laughs> that I've heard before, you owe me $10. <laughs> if you ask me a question that I haven't heard before, I will give you $10. And he said it in that <laughs> really cool, kind of gravelly-ish, smooth Richard Dreyfuss voice. Um, I'm proud to say that when the interview was over, he admitted that we were about square. He said, I've heard some okay. of them. Some of them were new. Huh. We'll call it square. Okay. That's cool, man. Uh, okay. That's But just, awesome. he, just some of the... Wait, wait, wait. Can I ask you a question yeah. then? I'm yeah. sorry. I, I don't want to interrupt you. I'm, I'm just learning this for the first time. After every question was asked, would he tell you if he'd been asked it or well, not? So whenever I would ask, at, at first, I was first thinking like, God, I hope he doesn't do this the whole interview. Because I, I would ask a question and he'd go, you owe me $10. Which is essentially him going like, I've heard this question before. Um, oh. That happened to me with Francis Ford Coppola, uh, I, I, and I'm an idiot. I challenged him on a director of a movie, and I said, there's no way Michael... Did Michael Mann direct Last of the Mohicans? Is that the movie I'm yes. thinking of? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I, we got into a whole discussion, and I said, Michael Mann didn't direct Last of the Mohicans, and he goes... Yes, he did. You I said, called the okay. director of The Godfather an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So Coppola, Coppola goes, because Coppola didn't want to talk about uh, movies. He wanted to talk about wine. And, I, and, and, and so I said, okay, if I'm right, I get to ask you more Godfather questions. If you're right, I'll ask you more wine questions. And, of course, he was right. Anyways, was continue. Right. Is Dreyfus condescending? Is he condescending? Dreyfus? He comes across as a little bit condescending. You know, he... I will say that I was told beforehand, just so you know, he doesn't really like talking about Jaws. And I said, well, that's going to suck for him because I got 30 minutes worth of Jaws <laughs> questions. Wait, but he was there for a Jaws screening, right? But he was right. there for a Jaws screening, but his argument was, you know, I've done other things, too. And I've done other things. You know, he won, he's, he won an Oscar for Goodbye Girl. He did Close Encounters. He did What About Bob? Oh, he yeah. did, you know, and I said, you know, I'm I'm talking about Jaws. I mean, you know, what what else am I going to get Richard Dreyfus? I said, look, man, yep. as I'm doing, I'm I'm doing Jaws. I'm doing Jaws questions. I'm sorry. And it turned, you know, I had questions prepared. I had enough questions to last probably an hour, much less thirty minutes. We ended up going about thirty five. And I found myself just listening to a guy tell stories because I could tell yeah. he's a guy who likes to be listened to, and he, he's a guy that likes to captivate people. And I think 
even though maybe he genuinely doesn't like talking about Jaws anymore, I would. I went back and watched the video, and the video is on a two shot, and you could I, you could tell that I'm just captivated by this guy's stories. And as he starts telling the stories, you could tell he starts telling them with a biggest smile on his face. He starts to, he starts laughing when he tells them, and he gets into it more and more because I think he liked that I was into them as much as I was. Yeah. And, and one of my favorite stories. He was telling that Jaws, because they shot all over this island, was one of the first movies that really used radios to uh, communicate with each other, to all the different crews all over the place. And they said the people on the island would buy these radios and turn them on so they could hear what everyone was saying. So they said throughout the day, you would hear, the shark is not working. The shark (laughs) is not working. And he said then about an hour later, you'd hear, the shark is working. The shark is working. (laughs) And then he said then about 10 minutes later, you'd hear, Shit, the ship is sinking. The ship is sinking. <laughs> and he goes, and then he goes, I was on that boat that was sinking. And I said, okay, well, the boat's sinking. You got $500,000 worth of equipment on there. You got, you got film crews. You got sound guys. You got actors. I said, in the hierarchy, who gets off the boat first? Uh-huh. And he said, according to Spielberg, Spielberg saying, get the actors off the boat. Get the actors off the boat. And he said, our sound guy, who's about 70 years old, he said he's trying to get the sound guy off the boat. And Spielberg is screaming, Dreyfus, get off the boat. He goes, I'm trying to help this guy. He's 70 years old. And Spielberg goes, fuck him. Get off the boat. <laughs> so just like those are the sort of sort of stories. I'm sitting here listening. I'm sorry, Gabe. I know that we're now going to get that little red expletive okay. hey, thing next to our podcast. It, yeah. We and, let it go. And so it's 30 minutes of just those kind of stories. And he's at an age now. He's 71. He's at an age where he just doesn't really seem to care anymore. He went off on this rant about how he will not do anything for Universal regarding Jaws these days because they didn't pay him anything. And oh, wow. especially once the movie blew up, they didn't then try to re like say, hey, here's a thank you, here's a little, here's a little cup of she- you know, a couple of shekels for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And they tried to get him to do Jaws 2, and he went off of this whole thing about he wouldn't do it because he didn't get paid. And we, I was doing the interview in the atrium of a hotel. In the middle of the interview, someone like I, one of the, the crew members at the at the hotel starts trying to vacuum behind us and i, and I kind of stop and I go hey you know i'm sorry you know we're doing an interview can you hold off for just a few minutes and, and drive his turns around looks at him and then looks at me and points at the guy and goes that's the head of universal <laughs> just was he kidding yeah no well he was kidding just because like he's just he's just so curmudgeon about yeah, yeah, yeah. getting screwed over 40 <laughs> years ago that he's still holding on to it and i think and i'll wrap it up quick i think one of my my favorite things I said, you know, when was the last time that you watched Jaws? You know, it's on all the time. I mean, AMC plays it almost on a loop. And he said he hasn't watched it all the way through since before it came out from start to finish. And he goes, occasionally, he goes, sometimes if it's on cable, I might turn it on. He goes, but you know, I'm 71 years old. I'm about to prepare to die. I don't have time to watch that movie again. It's just like, it's like, but he said it with a giant smile on his face. So like, that's the way, that's the best. Like he was dry. He was funny. He didn't give an F, and it was just – I just found myself – I was watching my – you know, they're, they're, our news crew, we, we aired some of the interview this morning on our show. And they, they went back and said, look at, look at Jake my look at my face because my face was just staring at this guy who was just telling these stories that I could have sat there for. And eventually, like, I had to well, get the rap. And we've talked about that when you're sitting across from certain people that we can prepare as much as we want yeah. for it. But until you're in the moment – and and then like and and I'm sure all three of us do this. We visualize how it's going to go, right? Like, this is what it's going to look like. I'm going to be talking to this person. Be, and then when they're talking, I I do this. My brain says to me, "This is the actual person. You yeah. know, this this person who you've 
you've watched their movies or you've you know kind of obsessed over their work and and then you're like when it's the actual person in front of you it's really hard to process that 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 and someone like Dreyfus would blow my mind because of the too, number of as credits you guys he's know had. very quickly if it's going well it changes from an interview to a conversation and yeah. then you could yeah. have 30 questions prepared and I went back and looked at what I had written, and I think I only got to 10 of them because he right. would say things, and I would follow up, and I'd go, what, what do you mean you were on the boat when it was sinking? Like, what, what, yeah. what do you mean you were the first ones to get off? What do you mean that, that, you, you, know, that you and Robert Shaw actually did get along, that the whole rumor about you guys fighting is a lie? And, and he just told – I mean he just he – just, I just found myself just talking to this guy, which inherently makes it harder to edit because uh, it's a little bit harder, but – I, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, I aired chunks of the interview uh, in our morning show, but I'm actually going to be putting together kind of a four-part series uh, for our weekend show that's uh, the story of Jaws through the eyes of Richard Dreyfus because I kind of was able to structure the interview enough to get the beginning, the middle, the end, and then bleeding into, because on the set of Jaws, he heard Spielberg talk about this alien movie that he had been thinking of. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and we talked a lot about the controversial ending of not controversial, but the the ending of Close Encounters, where Spielberg famously says that he would change now, and and uh, yeah, it was just it was a really fun. What were his thought? What were his thoughts on that? He said it was interesting. He said, you know, the whole reason that he feel feel felt like that he got the role because they were looking at Gene Hackman, they were looking at Pacino, and Dreyfus went to Spielberg, who had told him, "You're too young. You're too much of a, of a child to play this part." And he said, you need a child. And you need a child because it takes a child to leave behind his family to go with aliens. Only a child would do that. And he goes, so it's funny to me now that Spielberg is saying that now that he has children, he would never have written that. Because the whole point of Dreyfus getting the part is that it was an acknowledgement that because he is a child, because only a child could become obsessed with something like that and forego his family to chase after this wild dream, literal dream he was having. And it would take a child... To literally not even I mean remember when he got when he got on that boat or not boat Jesus whenever he got on on the, on the alien spacecraft he hadn't spoken to his family in weeks I mean his, his wife took the kids and he got on there was no buy there was no calling right. there was there was no like you know Bruce Willis talking to his daughter before he died on the asteroid moment he got on and he left and it genuinely yeah. does take a borderline selfish person to do that and that's how he says he got the role so his point being I don't understand why Spielberg's saying this because that was the whole point of it to begin with. Because he kept in touch with Spielberg at all, because he said that? Uh, Spielberg, you know, he... So Dreyfus had a lot of uh, drug troubles in the 80s. And Spielberg was really one of the people that helped him out, because then they did their third movie together always in the late 80s. Yeah. He was really one of the people that helped him out with that. I don't think they're in touch as much uh, anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, just, you know, it, was, it was just a really, really nice conversation. Where can people watch the interview? Uh, I'm going to be posting it on my YouTube channel. I'm going to be cutting together. So I'm, I, I, you know, it's 35 minutes. So it's a lot. So now I'm in the process of going through the 35 minutes and taking out what it is that I, that I specifically like the meat that I really want to use. And out of the 35 minutes, there's, there's, uh, taking out my questions and really only using the stuff that I want. There's 20 minutes of, of what he is saying that I want to get. So like I said, I'm going to be putting together this huge lengthy package for YouTube and then giving it to my producer and going, how much can we air? Uh, I always I always compare it to like you know a uh, you know a, a, a sculptor starts out with this gi- a giant rock and somehow chisels it down into something. So right now I've got this giant rock of Dreyfus and I'm just trying to chisel <laughs> it down. And I've got I'm going to be working in footage and clips and all kind of stuff. So it'll be a fun piece. But based on what I want it to be, um, to quote Dreyfus, 
it's going to be a bitch. <laughs> In the text chain, Jake was uh, sending a lot of Dreyfus things around to all of us, and we're sort of mentioning movies that he should uh, ask him about and come up with, we come up with questions. And I went down a rabbit hole and found a Spielberg BBC interview, uh, which is probably around the time of Ready Player One. Um, there's a guy on BBC One who does pretty good interviews. Oh, I like that guy. Yeah, he's good. He's, he, and he's he gets, a good conversationalist. He does, uh, it's called the the movies we love or something like that. Oh yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good yeah. excuse yeah. for them to me? talk about yeah movies. Yeah, yeah. movies that maybe it's movies a good excuse made me or like to that. talk about the yeah, entire really filmography. So yeah, I like him. He gets he goes through uh, he goes. I'm only going to limit it to 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 your sci-fi basically because there's just too many movies to talk about. So he does ET, he does Close Encounters, uh, does Minority Report, gets to Ready Player One, but then he goes okay, rapid fire questions at the end of this, and he goes, um, what is the coolest uh, movie memorabilia that you've kept. Wanting to get something from Spielberg's own films that he's held on to. And Spielberg says, um, oh, I have the Rosebud sled. And it was like the greatest oh, mic wow. drop. I, I remember hearing that. Yeah, that's right. I've yeah. heard it my entire life. Yeah, that's crazy. He's like, they had three of them. Yep. And Wells burned the second one. And he liked the way that the shot looked. So the other two ended up in an in a archive at RKO. And Spielberg bought it at an auction, and he has the rosebud. He has the rosebud sled. If you guys no, could, he, he's own a great interviewer. Any <laughs> movie prop ever, what would it be? Oh, that's a great question. I know what mine would be. What would yours be? The actual uh, hand uh, Terminator hand from T two when they go Ooh. in when, uh, the actual the that's arm great. that they go into that's in a Skynet. One. That's a good one. And grab. That's a good one. That's that's um, what I would probably keep. I'm see, my, my knee jerk was to say. Like one of Luke's lightsabers, but I feel like there were just so many. Because Mark Hamill's been very adamant every time, you know, I feel like every six months there's a story about how a lightsaber goes on the auction block. And Mark Hamill tweeted the other day, just so you know, oh, we question. used like 50 of them a movie. There is not just one. So I think I would one pick the lightsaber. fertility idol from uh, the opening of Raiders. See, mine was the is the grail, uh, the, oh, the cup. One. And I saw that cup at ILM. It's in a glass case. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I took a picture of it in the briefcase. And I always, like, twice I've used this on social media as my profile picture. And it just makes me look like a God Squad person. Like, I mean, like I'm so into religion that I have to put a picture of the cup. And people are like, really? You're really super into religion? I'm like, no, no, no. It's from, it's from, uh, Temple of, no, not Temple of Doom. Uh, last Crusade. It, no, it's from Last Crusade. It's a prop, and it's too much explaining. Cool. So, anyway. Now that yeah, I'm thinking, I kind of I I want the briefcase from Pulp Fiction now. I thought about that, too. Oh, that's be cool. Sweet. That's a good one. That's a really With the batteries inside? Or, or the cheeseburger. <laughs> or the Sprite If it's a McDonald's cup. cheeseburger, it looks the exact same. <laughs> the Sprite That cup. cheeseburger. <laughs> I rewatched Pulp Fiction last night. That is... That cheeseburger looks so appetizing. Yeah. When he picks it up from Brett's uh, from Brett's uh, <laughs> uh, plate there. Jake, I can't wait to see the interview. It sounds awesome. Give me, give me, give me like a week or two because based on what I have envisioned, it's going to take some time. It took me an hour just to pull out all the all the sots, the, the sound on tape, the little chunks of sound that I want. Um, and uh, and so yeah, it's, it's, I'm excited to do it. That was you know. Is that what SOT stands for? Yeah, I've heard SOT yeah. my entire life. Yeah, SOT on television. I yeah, never yeah. knew what it stood for. Yeah, yeah. Sound yeah. on tape. Uh, Vo is uh, voiceover. Uh, Mos is man oh, on the street. That one I that one I knew. Um, uh, the only movie opening this week uh, that we can discuss is Miss Bala. Have you guys seen Miss Bala? I've not. I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. It was okay, right? Yeah, I thought Pretty she good. was great. It exists. It's a film. She's really good. Really the movie good. Makes some weird decisions. I thought. Yeah. One thing I will give it credit for is the the layering of the villain. I thought I thought 
I thought I thought that was an interesting. I mean, I, I I think villains should be layered and shouldn't be ultimately good or bad people. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that I thought that their romantic tension was interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're talking about a kidnapper and the person he kidnaps, and then there's this romantic element there. That's that that's like I thought that was really handled well. Um, I mean, there's some. It's not a great film by any means. I mean, there's I mean, it there's came out in um, January. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. there's some good stuff in it, and she's amazing. I I, I like when she like kind of takes it on full full on action. That was pretty cool. I think um, it's a full on coming out party for her as a big screen actress. Like, yeah, I think that you'll start seeing her in more things. It's her first feat. It's her first major motion picture leading role. Yeah. Um. I, I, it's fine. It wasn't. It wasn't that bad to be honest. I actually kind of liked it. When can we talk about Lego Movie? The next week. Probably yeah. next week. All right. Stay tuned for that. Um, this week's blend game. Amy Adams blend. Ooh, this is going to be a fun one. I think we have to leave a little bit of room for, uh, for conversation for Amy Adams blend. I don't know, Gabe, did we all pick the same one? No, we didn't. Okay, interesting. All right, so. I figured I would be the odd man out. You might be the odd man out. Uh. I cheated this week. I I, I have a, I have two. I know when Gabe saw people's choices, he was very intrigued. Um, so Jake, I've been told you get to go first. So I chose based on performance, not based on okay. film. And my favorite Amy Adams performance, and this is not the one that I first thought I was going to go with, and then I started going through her filmography, and then I caught this one, caught my eye, and I thought, I do really like that one, and I just kept coming back to it, and kept coming back to it, and kept coming back to it, and I finally Ooh. ended up having to choose it, Ooh. is Enchanted. Oh, all right. Nice. I just think she's so perfectly, and I and I think part of it too is I remember Great. being so surprised by that film. I actually yeah. really, really adore that movie, and I just think she so perfectly captures what is both lovable and just brilliantly annoying about Disney princesses, <laughs> and she takes sort of the cliches and the stereotypes. Of, of this sort of iconic image of what a Disney princess is and so perfectly blends in with the cynical world of today. And I think she completely disappears behind the part. I think she, that is a part where if you didn't give it 110%, if you didn't just sell it, absolutely, it would fail. And she, 100%. she dives the point in. I was going to make yeah. is that that movie flops yeah. if the person gets it wrong. Exactly. And she got it right. And that movie and, and, and ever, I mean, Dempsey is good in that movie. And, and uh, uh, Dina Menzel is good in that movie. And, and, and uh, 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 Marsden, James Marsden is, is so. great as the yeah. prince. Uh, and they're all good, but they're all fighting for second place. They're all they're all acting in her shadow. That movie is her. It works because of her and it would have failed because of her, but it didn't because of her. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I want to mention Jim Meta, uh, who is a follower on uh, Real Blend's Twitter, who says, I'm looking for a shout out because you keep showing my pick for Amy Adams Blend. And he also picked Enchanted. And I think every time that we teased it yeah. and used the Enchanted yeah. well, uh, gif, which is also a great gif of her right. being so super well, excited. I, mean, I used to, you know, I use gifs whenever I tease our episodes. And I used to specifically pick the gif for a movie that I wasn't picking. But then I thought, but yeah. then I'm sort of showing my hand because I'm telling you a movie that I'm not picking. So now I'm going to start blending, blending. Now I'm going to start yeah. like using gifts sometimes for movies that I'm picking and sometimes for movies that right. I'm not. So you don't know. All right. I get to go next. Um, and you're a hundred percent right, dude. I looked at her resume and I was like, Oh, that's my pick. Oh no, wait, that's my pick. Um, she's been in so many good movies. And, and that's why when I, Kalina and Carrie were having a conversation that like, 
They don't shit her. Not her they, performances they say, haven't yeah, moved they her yet. They didn't say that they didn't like her. They just said there hasn't been no. one that they've fallen in love with. The one I was right about to pick um, is Doubt, and I've talked about Doubt Ooh, on this show Doubt. before because Doubt. it is such an actor showcase. Yeah, right? great movie. But she's the fourth best person in that incredible cast because <laughs> uh, I'll I'll put Viola Davis a smidge above Amy Adams, and it's and it is true that Amy Adams quite often plays the person who is lobbing softballs to other people to hit home runs out of the park with, right? Um, there's a talent to that for sure. So for that reason, I couldn't pick Doubt and I had to choose Arrival because Arrival is unbelievably brilliant. How did she not get an Oscar nomination for Arrival? It it is the biggest crime ever. I I, I can't... Whenever I'm I'm going to side with Kevin (laughs) when he argues about how irrelevant the Oscars are, my argument falls to Arrival because if they can't recognize... The brilliance of that movie um, and her performance in it. And again, much like Enchanted, in the wrong hands, that performance falls apart, right? But she can bring so much to the character um, that it's just she has to be incredibly intelligent. Uh, she has to be extremely emotional. She has to stay grounded in the face of all of this weird stuff that's happening and quite often act against um, a, a black blob that's just moving around and trying to find a way to communicate with her. Like how many people have the ability to actually do that? And there's no telling, I mean, what that actually looked like on set. She's probably acting against a wall. Yes. And she, I mean, the the reason why the PR shot for Arrival is just her wide open eyes staring in awe, you know, at whatever she's seeing and learning and reacting to. She's genius. And I think that, uh, yeah, again, the, the, the fact that that, I don't think that that movie is underrated. I think enough people who have seen it recognize what it is um but and it doesn't need an oscar you know what i'm glad the oscars didn't recognize it because they're not cool enough to understand and uh and denis is building a cast for dune that looks like it's going to be oh i just uh bought that book it just arrived today i'm about to crack it open page one tonight nice well I've never read the it. cast is unreal i've never read it either you know what i'm gonna read it too i don't have it but i'm gonna order two-day it. delivery yes. amazon baby and get and get it and get it quickly before you get it with that little stamp on there that says soon to be a major. Mo- I hate that soon to be a major motion. Yeah, <laughs> me too. So order it quickly before they start putting the stamp on there. I used to always go to bookstores and and, and go to the back of the yes. section to try and find the one that did not have the now is a major motion picture on it. <laughs> I hate that too. Shout man. out to uh, to my buddy Chase, who's an avid li- avid listener of the show, and that is like he will actively not buy a book. Yep. if that's on there. Really? Yeah. I like Chase. What about if it's the actors from the adaptation? Oh, he definitely. Well, no, cover. you're talking about like the, like the, the movie poster is the cover? Yeah. No. Yeah. no. Like if you buy Ender's Game and it's like Asa Butterfield on the front. Like I still have Ready Player One original like before yeah. it turned into the book, which was yeah. cool. And the, and the cover for Dune now is actually pretty cool. So yeah, hop on yeah. there and, and, uh, and That's get awesome. that. Kevin, you're up. Yeah, so um, I went with Arrival as well. For uh, so it's interesting. Like to, to me, I, I I fell into Jake's frustration from a couple weeks ago about favorite and um, and be- favorite performance and favorite movie. My favorite movie she's ever been in is Man of Steel. Um, but my favorite, yeah, it's an amazing movie. And Sean is so <laughs> wrong about it. Running, I'm not going to argue with we're you. We're running out of time. We, we yeah. are running out of time, and I cannot do the Man of Steel debate. I promise, everybody, eventually, we will do the Man of Steel debate sometime soon. Just eventually, we will. Jake and I love it. It's one of the yes. best superhero movies ever made, and Sean hates it. All right, so um, favorite movie she's ever been in, Man of Steel. Favorite performance, 
uh, Arrival, no question. But her um, performance in Man of Steel is not that great. Like, it's not, she doesn't have a lot to do in that movie. My favorite movie she's been in is Man of Steel. That, that's the that's point fair. I'm making. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My fine. favorite that's performance fine. from her is Arrival. Arrival is, I, it's so funny to me because, like, you know, the whole circle theme, right? And, like, I spent months, like, like figuring that out. Like, and I remember at one point I came up with a theory that was like apparently was wrong, but I still believe it because I feel like a film you can come up with whatever you want and how a film speaks to you. Um, but also a, a testament to her as an actress, you read the script, you know the ending, and you still pull off that performance like unknowingly. Like that that's an art form. Like if you when you know the twist to a movie that you're in, like selling us that you don't know it. Right. You know, any twist in any movie that you could say that about any actor, right? So true. But wow, like that twist blew my mind. And she's so <laughs> great in that film, emotionally, the Renner thing, everything about that performance, the score. And, and the thing is, it's, it, it's everything about her performance to me is enhanced by the filmmaking as well. Johan Johansson's score, Denise's direction, cinematography. Did, who, did, Deacons didn't shoot that, did he? I don't remember who shot that. Um, I think he did. Deacon shot uh, Blade Runner 2049. But, uh, yeah, I mean, everything about her performance, everything you said, Sean, emotionally, the grounded element of it, um, we are learning this through her eyes, right? So it's like, you know, we are going on this journey with Amy Adams' character. The twist specifically, that whole, I mean, I will never forget seeing that for the first time. And then the rewatch on that movie is just... Brilliant. I mean, Honestly, it's so, I've never rewatched it. Oh, my oh God. dude, so it good. is it is amazing. Um, but it's funny. Enchanted is a great pick too from Jake. I loved Enchanted. I haven't seen Enchanted since it first came out. I need to go back and rewatch that. But you know what? She's really great in was Vice, and I didn't mm. love Vice, but she is brilliant in Vice, like absolutely brilliant. And even in the Fighter, I would have seen the Fighter too. The yeah, Fighter's another, a gr- I mean, she one. is an I amazing her actress. The fighter over Vice. She's great in American Hustle. Isn't she in American Hustle? Yeah. Wait, she is. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not a big American like Hustle in the guy. fighter. Yeah. I don't love I Hustle, but she's great in American Hustle, though. Like, what I a just, performance. I just didn't like that movie. So that, that, I, I didn't like, love I it like either. I the cast of Silver Lines Playbook more than I liked American Hustle. American Hustle seemed rushed to me for some reason. Hustle was, is that, it wasn't, like, Joy was probably my least favorite of his movies. Yeah. But I, I still liked Joy, kind of. But Hustle was definitely not Silver Linings, Fighter, Huckabee's level. No, not at all. Arrival was uh, Bradford Young, cinematographer. Oh, Bradford Young <laughs> shot um, Solo. Yeah. But he did oh, most violent year. He did Selma. He's a very talented cinematographer. He, he didn't do Wrinkle in Time. Oh, Selma. He did Selma. That's right. Selma. I, was, I, yeah. I, can't remember, I couldn't remember what Ava DuVernay film he worked on, but it was Selma. What would Gabe yeah. pick? What would Gabe pick? I think Arrival. No, he, I think he, he's yeah. he just gave us a face like, come on, Jake. <laughs> yeah. He's a huge Arrival fan. Arrival, oh, Arrival see. is is Arrival's Denise's best movie? No. Yes. No. I would argue it's better than Blade Runner. No, it's not. Prisoners. Prisoners. Arrival. Ooh. Arrival's definitely it's his best movie. It has oh, to be. I would say oh, wait. Denis is probably one of the like I think top Consistent. three most exciting filmmakers right now. Gabe is saying that Dune is his favorite book and that Denis is his favorite director. Dude, oh, this is. That project you, okay, is well, okay, we need highly to, anticipated. I, I was about to start a whole conversation with Gabe, but he's not mic'd up, so that doesn't that does me no good. I have questions. <laughs> Wait, why for you this Gabe is no, up? What, why is why don't we just give Gabe a mic? Why? why I was just Gabe about to ask that question. We're fifty four episodes into this show. <laughs> why can't we get Gabe on the show with us? I why can't know, you yes. chime in? 
Yes, I feel like he should. Maybe this is like maybe this is his genius no, no, plan. No, be careful though. the path we're heading down. Imagine him being able to tell us to rap. To rap. <laughs> to no, audibly tell us to rap. We start, we start getting IFBs, Jake. Uh, like you like pump through our ear and it's like thirty seconds. I'll, I'll, I'll do what I do at work. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you at home that can't actually see us, I just took my my IFB out and just dropped it on the ground. Cat twenty three twenty three X says she can't decide between Enchanted and Leap Year for favorite. Um, I, Leap Year is a bad movie. I, I'm surprised someone said Leap Year. Leap Year was terrible. I hate to jump on someone's choice, but um, but, but I'm going Leap to. Year is a bad movie. But Cat twenty three twenty three X, you gotta you gotta branch out a little bit more. But she says Arrival or is defend it, defend her it best. to us, defend Leap Year or. Yes, exactly. Send us an email to realblend at cinemablend.com or go on social media and tell us why Leap Year is your favorite Amy Adams choice. We also, a lot of people said Arrival, including uh, Ziggy Popkin, uh, Raj Saw, R-A-J-S-A-W-94, uh, Andy Erickson, USD, says The Master. God, The Master. The Master. Oh, my God. How? That's a great but performance, once again, by the way. like Doubt, she's great, but she's like... Third, yeah. but she's, she's the awesome third or fourth when best she's in that movie. I know, but she's know. so good in that she's movie. She's good, like she's good in Master. Doubt. Andy Erickson says, "Well, because the whole film is an acting masterclass, and when you can hold your own with Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman, you deserve the credit." That's very true. You know, yeah, like not to underrate. Like when I say that, yes, even in Doubt, she was no, I, holding I, yeah, down no, scenes I, I with got an Meryl Streep and for Doubt. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm not knocking. Yes. Her. Ah, she's incredible. The God, the master. How I completely forgot that. Such Arrival great... has got to be her best movie, though. I think it, it is. It has to be. It's so amazing. It's... The fun part about Arrival is watching it with somebody who hasn't seen it because I oh, watched it with yeah. Michelle, and I, I just kept waiting. I kept Me waiting too. and waiting and waiting. <laughs> and I took I in. took Chris Van Vliet to see it. Our friend Chris from Miami, and I and I had already seen it twice. And I'm like, we're going to see this in Dolby because the sound is unbelievable. And I just like you just sit there and you go. <laughs> like, I'm like waiting for that twist to hit when she yeah. goes up to the to the to the ship. Oh my god, that's awesome! That I whole wonder- thing is just devastating. It's what a what a performance. What it's a movie. Incredible. Who thinks and, uh, of stuff like that, man? Nikki Nick at Nikki Nick three oh five said American Hustle. So a lot of a lot of great interaction uh, on social media. This She's time very good. I it's so weird. Like the past like. In December, I felt like I ran into her like 20 times in L.A. Like, it, it got to a point where we started joking about how we were following each other. Like, because <laughs> like, she had Vice and she had, wait, no, it was Vice. But I kept running to her, into her at different hotels that she was doing press for Vice for because right. I was at different junkets at different hotels that she happened to be at as well. So it got to a point where, like, fifth or sixth time running into her, it'd be, like, like, we started making jokes about following each other she's like she is so nice by the way like one of the nicest people i don't know if you guys you guys have interviewed her yeah she's yeah. so she's fantastic cool. like super yep. nice and she she was she was my favorite interview that day for vice too she was awesome she that is day. someone that i would put in and you guys know what i talk about when i meet when i say this there's a category of people that i'd say it's impossible to get a bad interview with them and if you do it's your freaking your fault, fault. Yeah. Uh, and i would put amy like a will smith a tom hanks um, they're, they're, you know, and I would put Amy Adams in that category. She yeah. told me a really cool story. I, I was asking her, there's that scene in the movie where she tells Christian Bale, you know, 
we, women can't run for mayor. Women can't do this, this, this at this time period. And I was like, you know, is it is it weird to say that out loud, knowing the time you're in now and, and, and like question. how things have changed? Is it, it, it how does it feel like to say those words? You know what I mean? Like, like, could you imagine if that was still happening? And she said, I brought my daughter to ADR and I was in the room doing that scene in ADR and my daughter was next to me. And I was saying those words, and then she looked over at me and said, "Mom, is that was that really how it was at that at that time? Like, imagine like not knowing yeah. that time period ever existed, and then learning it through a dialogue yeah. that your mom is saying in a movie. Like it, like I can't imagine. Like, and and she said it was a great lesson, like to be able to like talk. Like I, th- that is such a cool thing, like to have." that experience as a kid to like see your mom be doing I don't know it's why that, that blew my mind I was like whoa any, any truth to the rumor that when Adam McKay cast her in Vice he almost changed the title to nice <laughs> see that that actually wasn't that great Sean sorry Come that on, was pretty wow. yeah. ah, I'm just wow. kidding I'm just kidding give me, give me some, yeah give me some you know, no you know what Sean, I give you credit because I actually was holding off today on my puns. <laughs> well, I, I was uh, actively trying not to do them. All, all I can tell you is that she's a nice, nice enough person that no one wants to fight her. Uh, oh, can we, can we, can no, we go down this you guys. Path? That's it. I did one. I got nothing. I'm done. I'm out. I quit. I quit. I was really proud Wait, of that. Did, have you heard... Head. Have you heard of um, of uh, Amy Adams' favorite director of all time? No, but I can no. tell you that this pun sucks already. Yeah, you haven't heard of it? Oh, oh, no. she she loves him. Um, Man of Jordan Peele. Yeah, that really. What? Actually, that, I don't even that, get that, it. That was really bad. Dude. <laughs> I don't even get it. It makes perfect sense. She's in Man of Steel. Wait, that was really Jordan bad. Next week, director. Really uh, in honor of that was bad, dude. next week in honor of Cold Pursuit. <gasps> and I never thought I would say that sentence. Out hey, loud. I liked Cold Pursuit. We are doing Neeson Black. Yes! The films of Liam Neeson. Yes. So play along using hashtag Neeson Blend. Uh, And let us know your picks if you want to via email. We are at RealBlend, R-E-E-L-B-L-E-N-D, at CinemaBlend.com. Of course, you can go to the social media page and follow us at RealBlend on Twitter. If you have any doubt about uh, if it's favorite or um, best, you know, just ask Gabe next week. <laughs> yes. You know the what I mean? Silver lining playbook to this week's episode I mean, is that we're That's we the thing. You have to American hustle to get this show right, Jake. <laughs> oh god. No. Yeah, you have to you have to get this right, man. This is it's why no one's commenting. Right. It's not right what you're this doing. Oh, talking. that's right. Do us a favor. Yes, go over to the iTunes. Leave us a review. Uh, it means an awful lot to us. It helps us grow out the show. We are soon going to be able to announce two, I think, very exciting things that we're doing with the show. Uh, what are we doing? You guys don't even know yet. Yes. One is a contest. What? That's going to have actual prizes. Um, and Can I one win? is a you cannot win. You're disqualified. Um, and one is a potential uh, meet meetup uh, that we have cooking uh, that everyone's going to want to know about. Did you guys give you, yeah, I think I know. We we'll give you time to plan for it. Yeah. So. Have you guys heard about Amy Adams' favorite? Oh my American god! Idol, in this episode, uh, uh, favorite American Idol contestant? No, Ruben no? Stutter. You guys didn't hear about this? What? No, Carrie Underwood. No, Bo Vice. <laughs> How, you guys didn't hear about? It? She loves Bo Vice. Goodbye, everyone. Bo Thanks Vice. for listening. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Dunkirk. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.